Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Fat Boys Dynasty Podcast, presented as always by the Fantasy Holics. Coming at you is Bo and Brant. Uh, we're going to get into our uh, waiver claims of the week. Um, what a crazy, crazy week nine we had in uh, fantasy football. Uh, we had some big guys break out. We had some um, coaching changes that we had uh, come out over uh, the course of today, Monday. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of a crazy week nine in, in uh, fantasy. Um, Bo, what you got? Yeah, I think the craziest thing for me was not necessarily the Frank Wright being fired. Um, I think we all expected that and thought maybe it could have came in the last couple of weeks too. The crazy thing for me was how bad the Carolina Panthers' offense looked with P.J. Walker starting and how much better they looked when Baker Mayfield came in in the second half and then the, the P.J. Walker is still named the starter for the short week when they come and play uh, my Atlanta Falcons on Thursday. Um, so I think that's definitely one of the crazier things to me. If I'm a owner of anything fantasy relevant in Carolina, that makes me very nervous. Um, no targets for DJ Moore, or one target for DJ Moore with PJ Walker mm-hmm. for no no uh, receptions. Dante Foreman looked bad with him. There was nothing positive uh, about that offense until Baker came in. Um, so that was by far my craziest takeaway of week nine. Yeah, that's real crazy because Carolina looked pretty uh, serviceable two weeks ago. Um, and then this week they just um, crap on themselves to say the least. Um, so, yeah, that was a rough week for uh, anybody starting Carolina. It's a real rough week when you start two Carolina Panthers in your uh, fantasy lineup. Um, well, let's get, into, uh, let's get into some of our waiver claims to uh, help us uh, – fill some of those Carolina Panther voids because I don't know if you can trust them because I did just also see uh, sounds like Sam Darnold's going to be activated so now it's going to be PJ Walker, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold so you're not even sure who's going to start there Um, so let's get into some of these waivers real fast Um, I got a guy owned in 37% of leagues Um, he's a quarterback if you're going to need a QB um You're going to have to sit and wait on this guy for a little bit. He gets to come back. uh, I believe it's week 12. He gets to come back. It's Deshaun Watson of the Cleveland Browns. He's been back in the uh, facility working out and uh, being able to do some conditioning. He's not allowed to be on the field with the team yet uh, due to some of the stipulations with the suspension. But he's owning 37% of the leagues. He has one of probably, really probably one of the best receiving cores around him that he's ever had. And he finished as a top five QB from 2018 to 2020. Uh, so, so I mean, this is a guy that could seriously come in and almost win you some leagues. Um, it, and as of right now, if, if your league allows you to stash suspended players on the IR, um, I know a lot of leagues do, this is an amazing idea to go out, grab him real fast, and just stash him. Um because, like I said, this is a guy that if, if you've been streaming QBs back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and not having any luck, this is a guy that could come in and almost instantly start and, and put up top 10 fantasy uh, quarterback numbers. Yeah, I think, um, again, we've been kind of highlighting that Browns offense a little bit through whether it be guys that we want to trade for or waiver claims that we're interested there. Uh, and, again, a lot of that is all tied to um, – how that offense should change and, and be better once Deshaun Watson comes uh, comes back there or gets there finally. I know we haven't seen him play yet, but um, it, we're getting we're getting darn close. We're going into what the last week of, of his suspension, right? So um, not only like even, let's say you're one of those guys who has one of those top five quarterbacks, you've got a, a Jalen Hurts or a Mahomes or a Josh Allen or a Lamar Jackson, and 
Deshaun Watson sitting out there and you can pick him up. It's trade bait at that point. Um, I, I think it makes too much uh, sense uh, for people to go ahead and go pick him up. I do want to also bring up and remind people because I didn't, we didn't cover it at the top of the show, but Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, New England Patriots, and New York Jets are on bye this week. Um, so, again, it's, it's very imperative that you have some of these other names ready to go uh, in case, you know, there's how much fantasy relevancy is there in this week. Uh, you got Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon after his monstrous game, uh, T. Higgins, Tyler Wood, the list goes on. It's a, it's a busy week this week for fantasy relevancy, so you just need to make sure that you're ready to pivot uh, off of those guys coming into this week. So, uh, so uh, Watson, just to throw it out, I just went and looked. Watson's eligible to come back week 13, so we still have a few more weeks before he's actually eligible okay. to come back and play because he plays um, well, week 13. Guess who he gets? Houston. So he gets one of the worst defenses in the NFL on his first week back. Certainly. So let's go ahead and talk about one of the best offenses in football. Um, so typically when you're when you're a fantasy owner and you're coming into the season, you're like, what teams are going to be really good? What offenses do I want to own a piece of? Um, well, one of them that comes to the front of my mind every time I have that question or ask myself that is the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, coming into the season, a lot of the questions were, is it going to be Juju? Is it going to be Sky Moore? Who's going to be the guys at MVS? Um, well, it started the last couple of weeks to really become um, – <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Juju. Juju's starting to get the targets, the volume, all, all of it's starting to hit. Well, McCool Hardman has also looked pretty uh, serviceable the last few weeks. Um, currently, he's rostered in 46% of leagues, so less than 50%. He has four-plus tar- four targets in six of the eight games for the Chiefs this year. Um, he's got four receiving touchdowns to pair with two rushing touchdowns. So this guy has kind of almost had like that Debo-esque role, um, you know, obviously the Debo role being the one on steroids compared to the McCall Hardman role. Um, but nonetheless, this is a guy that's guaranteed touches in a Kansas City offense. Um, he's never going to be the alpha with guys like Juju or, um, you know, Travis Kelsey there. And I think eventually uh, Kadarius Tony's target share continues to grow as he got back this week for the first week after his injury. Um, but McCall Hardman's been very, very serviceable. Um, and as a guy who I've been a McCall Hardman truther for about the last three years, um, I'm start, starting to finally see some of the things that I've been looking for all along. Um, and that's that he really started to garner Pat Mahomes' trust. Um, you know, I left him on my bench this week in favor of Robert Woods, which was really awful. Uh, and I can't tell you how many times I went and stared at that and thought about making the change and just didn't allow myself to do it. As a McCole Hardman truther, I'm like, nope, I don't want to look like a fool. Well, I look like a fool for leaving him on my bench. So uh, moving forward, that won't be a thing that happens. Uh, so McCole Hardman, if he's out in your league, is definitely worth a roster. Absolutely. That was crazy to see the stats this morning. I went to uh... – I unfortunately uh, dozed off in my chair a little bit uh, at the end of that game, and uh, it was crazy to see 68 pass attempts from Patrick Mahomes last night against the Tennessee Titans, who were one of the most run-heavy offenses in the NFL. It was kind of a crazy game to watch. It Uh, was. So uh, let's jump in. Uh, I got a guy that is just on the tip of our 50% or less Owned. He is he is owned in fifty percent exactly on the dot. He was just traded to a new offense. Um, and that's Jeff Wilson, the Miami Dolphins. He came out. He looked very very serviceable in his first week with the Dolphins. He played forty nine percent of the snaps in just his first week. He saw thirteen or twelve total touches. He found the end zone and he was also involved in the passing game, seeing three targets. Um, he he got a, around fifteen points PPR, give or take a little bit with how your um, how your um, 
uh, scoring is. But I mean, Jeff Wells is another guy that's that's sta- that I'm going to be stashing on on all my benches if I've got some room um, because Mostert has never been healthy for a whole season, um, so we know he's not going to get the full workload. This is not a guy that I'm instantly jumping in to start uh, right away, but they do have one of the easier schedules um, come around playoff time. We'll talk about that, I believe, on uh, on our on our uh, next cast for the week. But um, so this is a guy that I'm stashing on my bench because Mostert goes down, he's going to instantly in- enter that workhorse workhorse load. Um, in a, in a high-powered offense that, that definitely gets the running backs involved. So I really like Jeff Wilson Jr. as being one of my pickups this week. Yeah, Jeff Wilson, I remember texting you saying it almost kind of looked like he was going to take over that team. He definitely looked very fresh, um, you know, like he was ready to come out and prove himself. Um, and anybody who's been around the fantasy football industry for a while knows that one thing is, is true and constant when it comes to Raheem Mostert. He just doesn't finish a season healthy. Um, so I think there's definitely going to be um, the potential for, uh, for positive upside for um, – Jeff Wilson Jr. at some point through the course of the season. So that's definitely one to keep your eye on. Um, You know, speaking of being very serviceable, um, if I, what if I told you, Brant, that one of Tom Brady's favorite targets uh, this season was only rostered in 18% of leagues. What would you, what would you think of that? That'd be kind of crazy to, to talk about because I mean, normally Tom Brady's very, very serviceable. Um, but, yeah, that'd be kind of crazy to hear. Well, Kate Otten, the rookie tight end out of the University of Washington, is currently rostered in 18% of leagues. Um, and when the, the game was on the line late in that game yesterday with the Buccaneers against the Rams, Tom Brady had his eyes set on Kate Otten, caught the touchdown pass that ultimately ended up winning the game uh, for the Buccaneers. Um, and, you know, he's had three weeks – as a tight end one on the season since he's got to start to take it over. He's had over, over 80% of snap share in four of the last five games. So about the last five games is when he really started to see him get some play. So out of the last five weeks, we've seen him finish as a top three or a top uh, 12 tight end three times. So again, we talk about that tight end position, how it's very difficult if you don't have one of those top guys, because then you're ultimately playing that, carousel if you will Kate Otten may very well be the answer to a lot of people's carousel at tight end um, again with him only being rostered in 18% of leagues this is a guy you can get up out go grab plug him into your tight end and expect tight end one weeks out of him not every week but expect it um, and again as, as Tom Brady and that Buccaneers offense continues to struggle which uh, yes they won but no they did not look great this week um this is a, a relationship that I see growing between Tom and, and Kate Otten. Um, and I, again, for rest of season, I think I'd have him somewhere in the top 20 of my tight end rankings. Um, and this is, a, again, a guy that if he's going to put up week, uh, tight end one, one numbers for you week in and week out, it's definitely worth a roster. Yeah, and uh, and uh, if you listen to the live uh, this past Sunday, uh, you brought up, Bo, about how atrocious the Seahawks defense is against tight ends. Well, guess what? We're traveling to London um, to play the Buccaneers. Germany. Okay. Germany. Yes, it is Germany this year in Munich. I've spent some time in Munich, actually. Um, but, yeah, no. Uh, so, And he's traveling to Germany to um, – meet the Seahawks defense where it could be another um, amazing week for him. I believe uh, one of your favorite props this past week was uh, 
Uh, Zach Ertz over four and a half reception. I believe he smashed that one pretty easily. Um, he didn't smash it easily. He had five. I was nervous for a bit of it, but he ended up with five. Oh, that's it. Well, he had, I know he had three or four had in eight, the first quarter. He had eight targets, so he yeah. should have been there a little easier. Okay. Five, five receptions. So we did still hit it. It was just late. And speaking of your Seahawks defense, I said if they came out and they shut the Cardinals down, I would put my piece out there and say that they're an up-and-coming up defense. And I will say that even though they didn't completely shut down the Cardinals' offense, I still will give you guys credit. They're up and coming. I think that the Cardinals did shoot themselves in the foot. I think I saw like 12 penalties. Um, well, they had three of them on those. one drive where it was third yeah. and one, and next thing you know it was third and six. Yes, I did, I, did, <laughs> I did see that as, an, as, a, as a newly owned uh, uh, player or newly um, – uh, new owner of a, of a Seahawks player i paid more attention to you guys's game this week than i have for quite a while um but yes the, the defense is definitely uh, up and coming there it'll be exciting to see what happens with those rookies uh even going into just next season so yeah there it is i'm never saying it again but there it is well, you, you you weren't too confident about it because my dad put out a little bet for you and <laughs> uh let's get back into uh, the <laughs> i'm not wearing seahawks green nothing he doesn't have a green one he doesn't like the color either so it would have been a blue one it's fine (laughs) uh let's get back to these waivers this guy is a a wide receiver for the detroit lions Uh, i know detroit looked a little um um stagnant this week against green bay but that's an in-division opponent we all know how those games always look a little stagnant and that's khalif raymond he's owned in uh 20 of leagues he plays over 90 percent of the snaps in the last three weeks he's getting involved in that offense and since ever since the bye week and now now you're losing you lost you know swift has been banged up you lost tj hawkinson um so there, there's just um Plenty of targets still out there. So I really like uh, Raymond to step up and in that wide uh, wide receiver two role. Um, when Josh Reynolds gets fully healthy, <coughs> excuse me, when Josh Reynolds gets back and fully healthy, he'll take over the slot role, and Raymond will still be out there. And we all know that Detroit's defense is atrocious, so they have to throw the ball quite a bit to stay in games. Well, this guy is, yes, I know they looked good against the atrocious offense of the Green Bay Packers. Listen, I was just, I, I just want to put it out there. There was a lot of comparisons to the Legion of Boom and the goal line this weekend, or the red zone against the Packers offense this weekend. I just want to put it out there. A lot, a lot of comparisons were made. Zero comparison when, when he throws it off the top of somebody's helmet for the first interception, all right? None, none. Nobody was doing well, that. What, that's Jamal Adams' first line of defense when a ball comes at him. No, his is to slap it down because he can't catch a ball. But we're not talking about the worst trade in Seahawks history. Thank goodness this year it was made up for probably the best trade in Seahawks history. Um, we got an MVP quarterback. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, Khalif Raymond is a guy that, that I'm interested in owning in deeper leagues. And, like I say, he's only owning 20% of leagues. He's involved in 90% of the snaps. Um, we know that Amaran's catching the number one uh, number one coverage. And we don't really know when when Jamison Williams is going to come back this year or if he's even going to play. Um, judging by their record, um, I would assume that they're going to be very, very gentle bringing him back. And I don't know if Williams will have a role this year at all. Um, maybe seeing, you know, 10, 15 snaps a game just to get him acclimated to the NFL. But Cleef Raymond's a guy, like I said, he's seeing 90% of the snaps. So if you're in the offense, you got a good chance of getting involved. 
Absolutely. There's there's no shame in uh, in any of the Detroit Lions. Like, yeah, I, I know their offense looked bad this week as well, um, but that's not been a thing that's that's happened here uh, much. Maybe T.J. Hawkinson was the was the guy that made that engine go. I don't know, but that offense didn't look great this week either. But I expect that to bounce back. Um, so, one of my favorite wide receivers this year, and I think it was, you know, part of it was just because I wanted to be a little obstinate, right? Because, um, especially with you, I like to be able to argue with you occasionally. Um, and, you know, you were one of the guys that was real big on Christian Kirk this year. So, I was like, well, I got to find a reason not to be on Christian Kirk. Uh, and that came through the way of Zay Jones. Um, and Zay Jones is a guy that has had some up and down moments over the course of his career. I mean, we all remember some of the uh, games that he was like, it was like where he was like the fifth string wide receiver in the Raiders offense. And it was like, wow, what a great game by Zay Jones. Uh, where did that come from? And then we'd never hear from him again the rest of the season. Well, Zay Jones this year has actually been pretty f- uh, formidable. Um, he's currently wide receiver 41 in PPR formats. So just outside of your wide receiver three, um, and he's, he's only rostered in 41% of leagues, so he's out there in a lot of leagues. Um, in six of his eight games this year, he's had, had over five targets, five or more targets. Um, and he averages an 87% snap share over the course of the season with several weeks here in the last three um, where he's hit 98, 99, 99. Um, so this is a guy that's on the field. Trevor Lawrence is is, is trending upwards. It's, it's better this year than what we saw last year. Um, and again, this is a guy with bye weeks coming up with where you're going to be, especially weeks like this where you have no T. Higgins, you have no Tyler Boyd, you have no Jacoby Myers, uh, Garrett Wilson. There, there's going to be needs to to fill roster spots. Um, so this is a guy that if you're able to go out and grab in your leagues, it's very, very much worth a pickup and a, and a plug and play because um, he, he's just been consistent this year. This is what you're looking for. Yeah, and, and the the, um, the Jacksonville offense is about the same as the Detroit offense where you want to get a little piece of it because they do play from behind quite a bit. Um, they, they were battling back from behind almost the entire game and battled back in to beat the Raiders this week um, for another Raiders loss. So, yeah, this is another piece of offense. Like I said, I was extremely high on Kirk, and Kirk had a very serviceable day um, this past weekend. Um, but, yeah, Zay Jones is another guy that's been very serviceable in that offense. Um, and he, like you said, you said, what, 40% of leagues he's owned in? And, uh, 41. Yeah, 41, and that's his rank of his wide receiver too, correct? Correct. So, yeah, that's a guy that I'm definitely looking at going to get. Now, um, I didn't do a whole lot of research on this one, but I do want to bring his name up and put him out there. Um, is uh, He's coming back from injury, supposed to be playing tonight, Monday night. Um, Jarvis Landry is a guy coming back into uh, offense that is really looking for somebody to take advantage of a uh, pass-catching role. Well, we've seen Jarvis Landry be – a very reliable pass catcher in his day. And um, he's coming back to the New Orleans Saints tonight, possibly tonight. He's still questionable. I have, They have not ruled him out Monday Monday yet. Um, but this is a guy that I'd definitely be going to look at on your waivers. Um, he hasn't done a whole lot this year, obviously, due to the fact of being banged up. He's owned in only 30% of leagues, a little over 30%, sorry, 35 So this is a guy that definitely I would go out and take a peek at. I just want to make sure I got his name out there. Um, because if he explodes tonight, um, everyone's going to be on it. But uh, if there's a chance you happen to catch this episode before Monday night, this is a guy that you can go grab right now because he's not on waivers yet. He's still a free agent. 
Yeah, you know, there's another wide receiver, too, that's coming back from injury this week that's, that's going to be finally cleared to play, and that's Odell Beckham Jr. Um, and there's a lot of headwind out there right now about, does he go to the Rams? Where does he go? Well, right now, the, the front runners for his, for his services are actually the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and I'm not sure that there's more of an intriguing landing spot, um, with the exception of maybe the Packers, just because he'd probably be peppered <laughs> with targets if he went there. Um, but uh, OBJ, again, we haven't seen him play this year, so we don't know. But this is a guy that, for a long while, was one of those top five names that everybody wanted to own uh, in fantasy. And he's not that old yet. Um that he has no value. So if this guy gets picked up someplace, he is absolutely worth rostering. Um, I've held him in a couple of leagues all season. Um, and again, if he's out there in your leagues, that's another one that with him clearing this week, I expect him to be signed as early as the end of this week or beginning of, of next week. So that's one that I would keep my eye on as well. And just, you know, when he signs, be ready for it. Um, real quick, Brant, I want to, I want to hit you with a couple of things. First thing, a little bit of comedic value in this. All right. Do you think the reason Bill Belichick has, hasn't came out and named an offensive coordinator for this season is because he knew he'd get Josh McDaniel back at the end of the season. I, I'm, uh, st- I'm starting to believe that. I am starting to believe that. <laughs> did he see something that we all didn't, that it wasn't going to work with Josh Jacobs, uh, Derek Carr, uh, you know, Devontae Adams, and, and Darren Waller? Did he just see that, well, that that's going to be a dumpster fire? I'll get him back at the end of the season? Uh, because what's going on there in Vegas? I mean, that's that should not be happening. Well, I assume Belichick was the one writing all the notes in New England. He goes, you just read off of this prompter here and that's how we're going to run this whole game unless I tell you differently and so he must have knew that he was the real master behind behind uh, McDaniel so uh, he wasn't going to cut it there in, in uh, Vegas he knew he was coming back home <laughs> uh, the last, the, the other one I want to ask you about and get your, your take. So Frank Wright was fired, uh, and the Colts wasted no time naming an interim head coach, and it was not somebody currently on their staff, which I thought was just awesome. There's not a whole it lot of Jeff, staff left over the last few weeks. Well, that's fair. <laughs> uh, Jeff Saturday, uh, the, a member of the Ring of Honor there in Indy, this, the uh, the longtime center for Peyton Manning, uh, was named the interim head coach. He's had some high school coaching experience uh, and then obviously done some ESPN analytical stuff or analyst stuff. What do you what do you think of Jeff Saturday? What does that mean for Colts fantasy for the rest of the season? Um, I love their running backs the rest of the season because I think, I think Saturday's going to go in. He's going to focus on getting that line back right. And we do know they do have one of the best offensive lines there. Um, I know it's looked a little stagnant this year. Um, but, yeah, no, I think you're going to get back, and it's going to get back into, all right, if we're going to win games, there's a workhorse, a bell cow, a monster in the backfield that we need to just feed. So I absolutely love the running game coming forward. Um, whoever Whoever's healthy, um, hopefully Jonathan Taylor gets back, and, you know, all you guys that took him at the 101 will get your money back for him. Um, I, I know it will be a long hill to climb. Um, but yeah, no, Jonathan Taylor, I, th- I love his, his uh, value going forward. I think they're going to have to go back to the ground and pound. Now, here's a little, here's a little uh, uh, hot take that I might have. Does that mean that if he does a good job, does he stay on the staff? Does Peyton Manning come back around? I know they're very, very good buddies. Could Peyton Manning be uh, working his way into the coaching uh, uh, scene here shortly? Well, I know Peyton's come out and made it known that he'd like a general manager role. 
available. I don't know if he'd want to be on the sidelines necessarily, uh, but what kind of a pairing would, would you see with a guy like Peyton Manning calling the shots, like the quarterback of the organization and the general manager role, and then the offensive camp captain, the anchor of the offensive line, the center out there calling the plays every week as the, as the, the head coach. That would be a pretty fantastic thing. Uh, and I think I would have to think Peyton Manning would be interested if Jim Irsay picked up the phone and made that phone call. Um, I'm also thinking more along the lines of, is this a good news for another future Hall of Fame quarterback? Does Matt Ryan potentially get another chance at that offense? Uh, Sam Ellinger has done nothing, nothing. at this point. Um you know, I know Matt Ryan had a little bit of a shoulder injury that, that happened at the same time yeah. of his benching. Does Jeff Saturday give him a, another chance? Um, I think I think he does. I, I honestly, I what do they have to lose this year, anyways? I mean, they're really not in the. I, I don't know exactly what the record is. Um, they they have a late bye at week fourteen, so um, I, I don't. I don't know what they really had to lose by letting Matt Ryan get back out there and seeing him. Maybe they can win some games. Maybe they can crawl their way into a wild card. Um, or maybe, I don't know if it's possible for them to really climb back into the division uh, lead, but uh, I, I don't see what they have to lose. So you might as well throw all your dice out there. And I'm sorry, two weeks of Sam Ellinger, Matt Ryan is still giving me the best opportunity to win um, with that yeah, offense. Best opportunity for fantasy relevancy for my Colts players as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for us uh, here for our waiver wires. Um, be sure to check us out. Uh, our uh, predict, predict, prediction episode may be coming out a day early. Um, we're going to preview the Thursday night, jump on, you know, talk maybe about some Monday night, maybe, and throw out our college prospects. Uh, be on the lookout for that. It may be coming out a day or two early. Um, but as always, stay hungry. And stay fat, my friends.